The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Live! From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Peck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of BTL. We are back. Happy New Year. First show of 2024. And it's great to be back, everybody. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. This week, we're turning the programming over to you. We we tend to do this about once a month where my tag team partner in crime and I just answer your questions. We banter back and forth, and that's what we're doing this week because there's no event to preview. There's no event to recap. We're just going to get after it. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that you guys want to know about, and we're here to discuss them. And joining me in this venture is Mr. Hot Take, Mr. No Gray Area, the Cannonball Kid himself, Mr. Jed Mishu, new year, new you, Jed. Oh, so new. I'm thinking I might not take <laughs> this year. I might just go no hot takes this year. Just reasoned down the middle discussion for the the entirety of 2024. How do we, th- what, what do we think about that? Do we think that's good for the brand? I mean, it's a great, uh, <laughs> it'd be a great test of wills. I wonder how long you could go and keep that promise. I mean, last year, it it would have died immediately. So, credit to 2024. It's already off to a better start than 2023 because Dana White, to our knowledge at least, hasn't committed spousal abuse. So, hell yeah. What a strong start to the year, everybody. We're doing great. Right, let's put this to the test. Jed, they just announced John Jones versus Stipe Miocic will take place in June. What's your reaction? Did they really to announce that? What is, is that true? No, I'm, I'm putting you oh, to the test. I was, I was about to say, good God, did they actually announce it? Uh, my honest to God opinion of that will be okay. 
at least it's June. It's not like we're going to wait till next freaking Madison Square Garden card and drag this out even longer. Like, I am resigned to that fight happening despite no one caring about it. Honestly, to the best of my knowledge, no one. I have ne- I have not had a single fan push back and be like, I really want to see this fight. It's all like, yeah, we uh, fights, whatever. So if it could just happen faster, that would be great. And we could just move past this point in time. That's the only thing. It, it's going to happen. Okay. Um, let's just get that done. And then we can all move on with our collective lives. All right. No, John is scared of Tom Aspinall. All right. Maybe we are. Uh, I don't, I don't even have to say gen. it. We all know it to be true. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. So prove me wrong, John, or go fight Stipe in June and then retire. Well, speaking of June, and we'll get to your questions in a moment, New Year's Eve, Jed, we found out, at least this is via Conor McGregor himself. Earlier in the week, he teased, I'm going to make this big announcement on New Year's Day. I'm going to tell you when I'm fighting and who I'm fighting. He didn't wait that long. New Year's Eve, he announces that he is going to fight Michael Chandler. It will not be the main event of UFC 300, despite that's what Conor wanted, according to people in the know. It's going to happen June 29th at UFC Up in the Air, maybe 303, which will be International Fight Week, which happens, I don't remember the last time it happened in June, if it ever happened in June. So I think we knew this was going to happen, Jed. You were, there was a part of you that was kind of hoping just for comedic purposes that Connor would fight somebody else and that it wouldn't be Michael Chandler because you know how much you love Michael Chandler. But so funny. Your reaction to Connor announcing this fight, it seems from all accounts that this is legit outside of maybe the weight class thing, which I think this is Connor saying, hey, Michael, jump and you say how high kind of a thing. But June 29th, not UFC 300. Your reaction to a date and not happening at 300? Do you agree with this? I think most people in the know expected him to not be at UFC 300. I think that's very foolish, but um, I forget where it was discussed. Uh, I think it might have just been on the MMA hour yesterday um, when Ariel kind of pointed out the way they view this is we can get two bites of the apple. 300 is going to sell on the back of 300 and Connor will sell because he is Connor. So might as well diversify those bonds. I think that's a, it's not wrong necessarily, but I do think that without Conor McGregor, UFC 300 is now really very likely to underwhelm, um, at least compared to the expectations that have been built up about this card. Because there there just is not a marquee fighter. We've got a piece that either came out this morning or is coming out today. I'm not entirely sure which. which I haven't checked the website, um, whether it dropped or not, but basically us predicting like what could be the main event for UFC 300. And I think the answer is going to be Leon Edwards. Um, There is maybe a potential that they can get some sort of mercenary a la Brock Lesnar like they did for 200. But I think you're looking at Leon versus Bilal as the headliner and they put another title fight and they really stack the card with people you know. But that's still just going to feel like a good, good pay-per-view and not UFC 300. And so not having Connor on that is pretty like that. That's pretty lame. Um, but you know, they'll have Connor do the international fight week thing. It'll be good. Um, well, they feel like you had another question going on in there, Mike, but I sort of lost track of whatever it was. 
No, I mean, the big question was, why not 300? Why are we even going to... Because they just want the money. I get that. And the UFC seems to like to play with fire. And for the most part, it's been okay. Even with like the whole middleweight division last year, they played with fire an awful lot with DDP fighting Robert Whitaker and working out and then them not doing Izzy versus DDP. They did Izzy versus Sean Strickland because there's no way Izzy could lose to Sean Strickland. And we'll, the fight will be even bigger next year. And then Sean Strickland dusts up DDP. And now Sean Strickland DDP is like the rivalry everyone's talking about as opposed to Izzy versus DDP. And it all seemed to kind of work out because Sean is now a, like a, is becoming a big star for the promotion. But at a certain point, as hot as they are right now, that luck's going to end. Like it's going to change at some point. And Connor wants to fight at 300. So why risk it and have Connor turn around after 300 and go on Twitter and be like, nah, dude, I'm retiring. I'm not fighting Michael Chandler. I'm not fighting anybody. You can keep your June 29th and stick it where the sun don't shine. It seems really dumb, but I, I don't get it. Um, I also just don't get it. Cause if you're not going to have him fight at 300, like, why wouldn't you just go something even sooner? Like the more you can get him, the better it is. So get him in because he won't always be ready to go. You got to strike while the iron's hot here. And honestly, the best I can figure is that they think that if they offered or tried to book him at 299 or 301, Connor would be like, fuck you guys. Like I want to fight at 300. But by doing an international fight week, there's enough space from 300 that they can just say, no, whatever, this is fine. I, again, I think it's really dumb and really not optimal, but I know why they are doing it, and I it probably will work out for them financially in that regard. Um, but I, maybe not. I truly don't know what UFC 300 is going to sell. There is this idea that it is going to do big numbers regardless because it will be a big card. But UFC 100 and UFC 200 at Brock Lesnar, that's why they were big cards. I mean, the, the rest of the card was also stacked out, but Brock did the heavy lifting to draw eyeballs into this event. Leon and Bilal ain't doing that. Like I, and, and truly Mike, like what, what are the options? Because outside of like Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya at light heavyweight, I is like maybe an option and maybe there's something to that. That's still not Brock Lesnar. Like they don't have a, an ace up the sleeve here as far as I can figure that wasn't Connor. And so them not doing Connor feels really, really weird to me. Yes. I, th- I think you're right. Is he a blank check and hope his personal problems are behind him? Or at least he feels good enough within himself to come back and fight. Cause I think that's, that is a, even that good, but it's a 300 ish main event. That rivalry carried them so. for almost two years, man. Like since they signed Pereira, this is building towards this third fight, this whole thing to where they're at right now. So I kind of think a conclusion to that would be a good one. The other thing I thought of, look, we're not going to get anything massive. We're not like, but Leon versus Bilal is a tough sell. That's a whimper of a main event. No disrespect. It's It's just not 300. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's a bad 300 main event. So but if you did that as the co-main event, did Pereira versus Izzy for the light heavyweight title? Because you can't bench That's Pereira. So tough. And if That's he doesn't so fight tough. at 300, if Pereira doesn't fight at 300, he ain't fighting for a while, man. He ain't fighting for a hot minute. So the only other thing I thought of, and this, again, is not a spectacular main event. You do 
you shift shift them some things around. You do Islam Makachev versus Justin Gaethje at UFC 299. That's the main event. And you move Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera to UFC 300. That's the main event. You do Leon Bilal as the co-main event. That's fine. And then you bring back some fresh names and stack the rest of the main card up with like fun fights and maybe a nostalgic fight. Maybe you bring back an Anderson Silva for like a one-off or something, just to like spice things up a little bit for the hardcore fans. But you do like, that's not a horrible thing. It's way like an O'Malley Cheeto. It's honestly the best idea. Is, yeah. Is better than it's definitely better than Leon versus Bilal on that spot. That's for sure. It's honestly the best idea I've heard. I'm not, I mean, they would need to do it now. Because yeah. Makachev would need to be ready to fight at the end of March or, or like in March and cuts a lot of weight. And he is he's not a dude who's going to move for anyone other than himself. He's not gonna bail the company out. Why would he give a shit to do that? You know? So they would have to like that would need to be announced really soon. But that that's the best idea I've ever heard. Cause like, look, I think Izzy Prayer three is a big fight. Um, and you know, we'll do good business. And that's still, that feels to me like the co-main event of UFC 300 because we've like that fight happened twice before last year and they were just big pay-per-views. They weren't, this is the biggest pay-per-view in a decade, which is what 300 is supposed to be. I, I, to me, that is the fight that would be like a zinger of a co-main and like Leon Bilal is the third fight. Like Leon Bilal should at most should be the third fight on a card of this magnitude as, you know, as we perceive it to be. And outside the O'Malley Cheetah thing's good. We are quickly running out of time for that to be viable. And so I, the only thing that I have thought at all um, that is maybe possible, but based on what I'm, you know, have heard from people is deeply unlikely. Um, certainly at this juncture, maybe it, it at least had more cachet previously was Rhonda coming back. Cause you know, she's no longer doing the WWE thing. They just write her a big check and bring her back the same way they did with Brock basically as, Hey, we need something spectacular to draw eyes in. And Rhonda coming back is a thousand percent that, but that doesn't even seem at all likely. So I, I just yeah. truly don't know what we're going to do to make this event special. Yeah, that's not a main event either, unless she's fighting for the title, no, which is not. Mark, so. Mark Hunt wasn't a main event either. He was just the oh, premium yeah, fight that sure. drew the eyeballs in. Like, if you have Ronda on that card, Leon Bilal being the main event is much less bad than it was previously. Like, it's it's acceptable because the you remember UFC 200's main event was Amanda Nunes versus Misha Tate. And while Misha Tate was popular, nobody knew who Amanda Nunes was. Obviously, that changed over time, but at the time, that was still not. That was not a headlining event. It was honestly that whole UFC 200 situation was so similar to where we are now because there was talks of Connor doing it, this whole thing. And instead it was like, well, now Misha Tate's going to be headlining this event. That's not all that good. And suddenly Brock Lesnar kind of swoops in in the 11th hour and, and here we go. We're kind of back in the same spot, which gives me some level of confidence that the UFC has a rabbit to pull out of their hat that I am not thinking of. But also – you had a lot of time to prepare for this. How are you this fucking bad at it? Like, it's not that hard. Like, it's not like 300 sneaks up on you. You number your fucking pay-per-views. Like, you knew we've been talking about this for a year. Jim Miller's been talking about it for several years. There is, it's you, have a, you have a board of fights and a map plan. 
it is always there and it should be a you know big bold letters and circled five times in red marker 300 you need to be building towards this not oh shit 300s here and now we got to keep going like what are we going to do it's so it's so really really dumb the way that this has been approached and they may still make, you know, to steal Brock Lesnar's term, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. But they have really dug themselves a hole unnecessarily for this. We will see. Like why, to your point, know. Mike, why book O'Malley Vera a month before 300? Why do that? I don't know. You need, are you, we need a pay-per-view headliner for 299. Okay. You know what you need a pay-per-view headliner for more than 299? Three fucking hundred, man. Like that's what you need more than two ninety nine. Two ninety nine can be a whatever Miami pay per view. It's not like O'Malley and Cheeto are like deeply connected to Miami in a way that we got to do this fight here. Like that can be the bring Jorge Masvidal back fight or whatever to do. You could do other things. There was no reason to book that at two ninety nine. That fight makes all the sense in the world to be the 300 fight and maybe just the 300 co-main. Maybe it's not the main event because we are, I'm still a little unsure on where O'Malley is as a star. He is obviously deeply popular like on the internet, but there's a difference between being very popular and drawing pay-per-view eyeballs. Aljamain Sterling made some comments about that fairly recently. And I think that that's true because of who his fan base is and are they pay-per-view consumers in that way. He's a bit, he's a bigger star than most, but like maybe you do just want to get him attached to 300 to let that be the thing that really like kickstarts him to be a massive thing even beyond winning the title. He makes all the sense in the world to be on 300 and they have just sort of errantly put him a month before and that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, the, the the whole thing is weird. Like it started with Ariel saying that we're there's being talks about Islam Makachev fighting Charles Oliveira in January, and it's burned into two days later. We're not so the p- main events for the next three pay per views, <laughs> just like willy nilly. And now we're in this position, and it's it's just super weird. I'm, I'm sure we have a million three hundred questions, so let's go to the peeps, and we'll we'll fire away. But this three hundred stuff, this puzzle being put together, the the ideas that have come across just yes, just this morning on heck of a morning, the names that are being brought up were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ooh, my my other thought is that there is a world where uh, the winner of Strickland Duplessis gets asked to turn around quickly, and particularly if it's Duplessis, they do Izzy DDP at UFC 300, and that I think honestly is very very viable. I think that's a viable main event for 300. If Strickland wins, they will try to turn him around. There's no doubt about I, it. Maybe they do Strickland Maybe they do I am Strickland that. I'm certain that's true. The Shamayev's illness, I don't know how if that's like viable. I am certain they will try and turn Strickland around if he wins. Um, and I think that DDP will be asked to if he wins regardless because I think that, to me, the only fight that is really like possible is DDP Izzy. That feels actually like a legitimate UFC 300 headliner to me. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. How are we feeling about 300, Casey? Uh, you don't want to know my feelings. <laughs> is this the fight? Is this the? Could this be the Fight Island of events? Because I compared <laughs> UFC 300 to Fight Island. We we had the uh, all these visions in our mind of what Fight Island is going to be, and then they announced, yeah, it's just going to be in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, just I mean, in this building in Abu Dhabi, like this is we've already been in. I know it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I wasn't really working in the media space for UFC 100, so I wasn't there for that. That that hoopla but i was i was in it for 200 and i i don't remember this this kind of just talk forever about who's gonna make it 200 who's gonna make i just don't really i know we were it, yeah because it we knew world. it was yeah. gonna be connor nate and then both guys said no like for each other and then they did jones versus dc that was the main event and then jones tests positive like two days before the fight yeah that's something out of your yeah. control but yeah, yeah just, we had time. Plus, there wasn't forty three events a year they had to fill back then either. So yeah, it was just, it's just yeah. This three hundred shark, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like in the sense that I just, it's gonna happen. It, no matter what, it's gonna happen. And then three hundred one will come, and three hundred two will come. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking like that. Um, yeah, but it's just, I think it's that's, just an event that's for sort me. of my issue. And the, yeah, the you and and like. It's different to me. It's different when we're talking about PFL pay per view or something like that, or another organization where like they're trying, you know, the co leaders. I mean, they're trying to kind of, they're trying to establish themselves. The UFC, we're talking like, oh, are they going to make a bazillion zillion bucks or they're going to make a triple zillion billion bucks? You know, that's what we're kind of talking about with the UFC. And so I don't, like, they've already won the game. Well, that's the thing is I'm, I don't give a fuck how much money they make. This is this is about my level of enjoyment, and it is mm-hmm. more fun as a fan for 300 to be special and big and not mm-hmm. just another pay-per-view yeah. because we get what 12 to 13 pay-per-views be? a year. 
<laughs> what isn't that all yeah. they did for 200 basically they cut they colored the canvas pretty yeah they, they went to the cage warrior gold i, I hope they don't do that again that was awful i mean it'd be cool if they did something different and honestly because they are a creatively bankrupt company it's ufc 300 if they don't have like gerard butler there i will be fairly <laughs> surprised like it's that just sort of seems like a thing that they would do in an event like this sure but like ufc 100 was brock lesnar like they were like, hey, here's our best star. This is supposed to be our marquee biggest event. We're going to obviously pair A and B together and and here's what it is. 200, they had big grand plans with Jones DC and it sort of fell apart and they made the best of it. This one feels very haphazard. Like very, this one feels very much like they are treating it like just, an, like just a UFC 300 to 301 to 302 and that is disappointing. George St. Pierre was in the co-main event of UFC 100, defending his yeah. title against Tiago Alves. The, the two biggest stars in the sport, in Brock and George, were on UFC 100. It was a decidedly, we are shoving the chips in the middle here because it is both expected of us and we know that this will be the, the best thing for us in building our brand. 200, they tried to do that, fell apart a little bit, but they still did okay. And 300, it does not feel like they are trying to push the chips in here. They're just saying, this is a pay-per-view and we will pretend like it's bigger because it's, you know this is a number. And to some extent, maybe there's validity in that. It's just a freaking number. It's not their 300 event. It's not even their 300 pay-per-view, actually. So it's just like just doing whatever. Like, But it... I want the lie. We all want the lie that this is supposed to be a big and meaningful event. And at the moment in time, it does not feel like we're getting the lie or it feels like they're giving us the lie without any ability to believe the lie. Like you just, you got to give us some substance to squint our eyes and pretend like this is a big event. I guess I'm more I'm I'm more interested not, not, not not the actual card because the card's going to be, it's going to happen, whatever. I'm actually, are they going to change the show? The poster, the look, the—I don't know. They'll probably do a cage thing. Yeah, that, and that's why I'm not particularly like. Okay, it's you know, it's gonna be a busy week, but cool. I mean, I, I don't know for for you guys in in the build up, say a month out. I know we're a few months out, but a month out. What did 100 to 200 to? Well, we're not at 300 yet, but what? How did that compare? To that kind of anticipation One, of one hundred felt awesome. Yeah, one hundred felt 100, so big. Okay. Well, one hundred, and some of that is just time, right? Like 100, 100 is just a more significant number than three hundred because, in the same way that your first, you know, big sale of a new business is more important than your fiftieth or whatever, it it just feels more meaningful because hey, this is the sport at that point's established, but it. It wasn't that long away from, hey, man, this thing might die and the internet's keeping it afloat. We don't know. And now it's UFC has hit 100 events. It is this big grand thing. 200 just felt weird because of all the ancillary shit that happened around it, you know, with uh, Ariel and Brock and all of like it felt a little bit more odd. 300 just feels I don't feel anything for it at the moment. And it's still January. There's still time. I just I'm trying to read the tea leaves and I don't see how they can do something that's gonna make be like, hell yeah, three hundred, let's go. Yeah. Two hundred happened in also the middle of the craziest year in the history of the sport because there were talks about whether the UFC was even like they're up for sale. Like there were rumors that they were gonna get sold and then two hundred rolls around, Dana denied it. 
it's all bullshit unless you hear it from us. It ain't true. And then a day after UFC 200, they sold for $4 billion to Endeavor. That was the like, year that we really leaned into the, if Dana says says something's a lie, it is uh, the God's honest truth. Yeah. Because yeah. so many times that year, he was like, that's not true at all. And like comically soon after, it would be like, actually, it was totally true. And I just lied to you all. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure there's a million three hundred questions on here. Oh, so yes. we'll, we'll we'll get after all of them. We'll, let's go. Let's get let's get into this. Let's see what the peeps are thinking. This at least will spark some debate until uh, George versus Justin BMF. I don't think Justin I, would take it. He shouldn't, and I don't think Mazadal's. I don't think Mazadal's gonna come. I don't think Mazadal's fighting in the UFC. When he says unretired, I don't think he's fighting in the UFC. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. They have. They if will have to let him go to do that. I am not confident the UFC will choose to let him fight elsewhere. He can box in his own promotion. You think the UFC would stop him from boxing in his own promotion? I think they would. Really? They are deep. They are a deeply petty organization, and ostensibly he is still some level of a draw for them. I am fifty-fifty that they would do it. I have, have no confidence that they'd be like, "Yes, George, please go compete in combat sports." and make money without us, despite being under contract. I, w- I, I wouldn't bet my life that they would say no, but like, I wouldn't be even the least bit shocked if they were like, no. If you would like to fight, we'll be happy to give you a fight. Who had they allowed that to? That's a star, a main eventer. No one? I, I honestly don't, can't well, remember what if, someone that well, they what left if they? Walk. What if they did it on Fight Pass? You still think they'd do the same thing if they charged a premium? Like if they did game bread boxing, Fight Pass, maybe. Well, then they're making yeah, money. Maybe off if it. it's a they're Fight Pass thing, so exactly. That's so maybe. Yeah. So, so he's back in the UFC kind of umbrella. Yes. Maybe the they'd allow that. I'm just deeply unsure. The only because fight I, think, I would I think the UFC can look at him and be like, "We can still make money with this dude because they can." Do the I mean, if they did the Askren fight, I'd probably watch it. I'd be That's the thing. Like that. when when Askren came out and said it, like I don't know that George has much of an interest in it, um, but also he should not have an interest in it. And that like that would be the sort of fight that is not really meaningful, but would add legitimate juice to three hundred. Like Mark Hunt versus Brock Lesnar was not, but for any intents and purposes, a meaningful fight, but it added juice. Askren Masvidal too adds juice to that card. Like I just think they could still make money with him if he is trying to fight. And they will see that and be like, "Hey, George, you're still under contract with us. If you want to fight, let's let's figure something out." Maybe I just don't see him fighting in MMA, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't. I think if he totally had his druthers, he wouldn't. I am just not certain he gets to make that choice. Let's give him the freaking Leon fight then. <laughs> It's going to sell better than Bilal. Dude, honestly, I wouldn't hate it. Like, I would hate it for a lot of reasons because it would be objectively horrendous. But, like, (laughs) that's better than Leon Bilal for 300. (laughs) And this is a perverse sport that that's true, but it's friggin' true. Is it better for you as a a fan of the sport or is it better for the UFC's bank account? It's better for both. Really? Look, I will – I will watch Leon Bilal. I am absolutely of the opinion that there's two of the top 30 fighters in the world. It's high-level mixed martial arts. It, it's everything you can want from a sport. 
that fight is going to be rancid dog poo. It's just not going to be fun to watch. There is no outcome that that fight is compelling viewing experience. It, I've watched them both fight enough to know how it works. It may be, it will be competitive and close. No part of it will be like, this is thrilling. I'm very excited to be watching it. It is, that is all, that is the perfect distillation of a fight that is sporting and important for that reason, but has no broader interest beyond, hey, these are the two best people in the world competing. And so, yeah, like Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards is significantly more interesting in, in the latter category. Man, that, that's just, I mean, I, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Good. I want Leon and, and Bilal to fight. I, I truly, like, Bilal deserves it. And I will watch that fight, and I won't be critical of it because it is elite fighting. But it is, that is your vegetables, baby. Like, that is, eat your Brussels sprouts because that's what this is. This is re- meaningful and nutritious and useful, but it is not the star of the show. That is not the steak. It is not the potatoes. It's damn sure not the dessert. It, that is the leafy greens of fist fighting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, 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 I'm, I can't, I'm pretty I can't, happy. I can't, with that I can't one. argue that, Mister yeah, yeah, yeah. No Hot Take. I'm, just I'm pretty through. happy with the leafy greens of fist <laughs> fighting. Good, boys. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, you. <laughs> We got, I got, we got. That, that was great. That was good. We should, we get, we just end the show now. <laughs> it was the so good. <laughs> oh, so good. I, I had this whole argument for blah, but I was like, no, 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 right. sold. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty twenty four. It's off to a good start. <laughs> uh, Casey, turn your mic up a little bit. Oh, you're a little quiet. I am. Ooh, okay. I, I think I got. This guy get a little closer. Or just do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Do do do. Um, more three hundred questions. I figured this would be most of them, so I'm cool. Uh, would three title fights save the card? Gaethje, Islam, Edwards, Bilal, Whaley versus Grasso. So Gaethje, Islam, I doubt happens in April because Islam's not going to fight happen. during Ramadan. Bilal will because he's done it before. Edwards, Bilal could happen. Whaley versus Grasso, boy, do I have no interest in that right now. Like, just none. Like, eventually, it's, how could – I mean, Jed, you must be on my side on this because Grasso has plenty of options. Whaley has options. She's got Jan. She's got Tatiana Suarez. Grasso has Valentina. She has Aaron Blanchfield. She has Manon Fioro. Macy Barber's on her way up. There's a whole bunch of fighters that are on their way up for a chance to fight Alexa Grasso. Maybe they do it yeah. now, but that feels like here? a thing they might try and do just because it has a patina of grandeur about it. Champ champ fights, you know, but I mean, you know, my stance, I don't ever want champ champ fights to happen. Certainly not under like, because of what you just said, they both have plenty of work to do before it. Um, I do think to Omar's question, I think the most likely outcome here is either two title fights and a big you know kicker or three title fights three title fights is just a little harder to imagine because it's hard to figure out who who they can fit onto the card at this point based on where injuries are at etc but you know I, I think everyone is under the impression that leon Bilal is happening on this card and so then you would need two other major fights i.e 
title fights. Maybe you can do um, Wiley versus Yan Nan or something on this card. Um, not sure how box office that is, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, that's uh, maybe Sean Strickland, you know, retains the belt and gets to turn back around. I do think the most likely outcome for this is we don't get one big fight that, that really carries the tent pole. This is a three title fight or two title fights and a marquee BMF style, you know, massive fight as, as the feature there. What do you want to see from 300, Casey? You want two, three title fights? Like, what do you think this is going to look like? Well, <clears throat> sorry. We can take Islam out of the equation. Um, of course, yeah. I would like Islam to fight on it. That would make sense. But, you know, Ramadan. Um, <clears throat> I'm down with Edwards Bilal. Um, but I understand, I understand it's a big event. And, I think yeah, I would need a couple, another title fight. I only like Whaley Grosso if Whaley is committed to moving the flyweight, not the whole back and forth thing. That's all. If you're going to move the flyweight, cool. I could, that totally makes sense. I get that. Otherwise, um, yeah. Um, where's Tom Aspinall, Tom Aspinall and all this? I, I haven't heard his name mentioned that I much. think he would make a good fighter to put on this card. Um, it's annoying that he is defending an interim belt um, because that's just deeply annoying. <laughs> But I think him versus whoever, I don't even know who would be. Almeida and Blades are fighting. But but that's when are they fighting? Aren't they fighting it in like is the end of this month February? or is that February? I just don't remember mm-hmm. when they're fighting. And so I don't know how quick the turnaround can happen for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Almeida beats Curtis Blades and you can do Tom Aspinall, Jailton Almeida interim belt defense, I think that's a really strong co main for an event like this. Um, but I just don't know the timing. But I think Tom Aspinall is a person that should be involved in this fight card. In one way or another, you should get him. Um, we did, so for New Year's, we did Mirko Krokop uh, for the latest Damn They Were Good. If you haven't listened, go check it out. It's me and Shaheen Shadi talking about Mirko Krokop. It's rules. It's also a little bit less intense than our normal Dams because there's only two of us. So it moved a little bit quicker. And we <laughs> talked about Tom Aspinall and how the great part about Mirko Krokop is in, I forget what year it is. Maybe it was like 2004. He fought nine times because he pride just broke him out every month basically. And was like, Hey, just fight. And, and several of those were against former UFC heavyweight champions. So those are awesome. But also like a month and a half before he was scheduled to face Fedor, he just fought one of Fedor's teammates and he ran him over and he added a sick highlight to the reel and nobody was upset about him getting functionally a squash match as a build up to this massive fight. I don't care who Tom Aspinall fights. It does not have to be Jailton Almeida or Curtis Blades. He's defending an interim belt and even though I give it more credence than the real title at this point in time, interim belts by definition are totally fraudulent, paper is shit, and useless. So who cares? Just have him fight some dude. Derek I Lewis. Don't care. Dude, have him f- Derek Lewis would be terrific. Have him fight Huggy Bear for all the hell I care. Just get this dude out there to whack somebody in violent and exhilarating fashion to continue building him up yeah. and in add some States, juice to this card. Yeah. In the States too. Yeah, it is absolutely fine for him to like Derek Lewis is the ideal person because if he wins, it's hilarious. And 
when he doesn't, Tom Aspinall just gets another sick highlight to the reel. And yes, some people online will be like, well, this is dumb. You got her the best fight, the best. And then I'll be like, shut up, nerd. Who cares? This fight is sick and no one cares because it's not for the real heavyweight title. I would care a little bit more if it were, but mostly just give me something cool to watch, man. Like, so, so if Leon, if Leon Edwards Bilal Muhammad is the leafy greens of the dinner, what is Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis? I mean, that's the creme brulee at the end of the meal. Like that is for sure the dessert. You know, it is. I don't know what your preferred dessert is. I'm a big creme brulee guy. If I'm going out for like a nice dinner, love a creme brulee finish. But I mean, that's that's the ice cream. That's the sundae right there. You know, let's that's, we that's, we that's, we got through Leon and Bilal to get our dessert of Derek Lewis versus Tom Aspinall. Tell me right now, I defy any person in the comment section right now to be like, I would not watch that fight. You all would. You would all love to watch that fight. Fight would be insanely fun and so silly, and I don't care. We're booking UFC 300 for them right now. We're putting this all together. <laughs> Ideas just flying out. This is why we're here. We're trying to make sense of all of this. What other 300 questions do we have? I'm sure they're pretty much all 300 questions. Pretty much. uh, I really do think we just solved it with Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis. That's it. Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera, the main event. Tom Aspinall, Derek Lewis, the co-main event. Leon Edwards, Muhammad. There's your, there's your featured bout. You do Colby I'm, Covington versus Dustin Poirier, and you do – Nah, that, no one actually wants that fight. I refuse to believe Who's Dustin going to fight, fight, though? Dustin's got to fight somebody. I agree he should. I think they just run Dustin versus Jim Miller. It's maybe not as exciting yeah. as you want it to be, but their last fight was friggin' sick, and they'll be sick together again. And you that just was the only good fight of that whole card. I was yeah, there for and that. So just run it back, and that's totally fine. Like It would be better for Dustin to fight Benoit Saint-Denis but we just know that's not happening. So um, no. if you can't do Nate, and I for the longest time thought that Nate Dustin was the was the parachute in going to save this thing. That does not appear to be the case. Uh, you know, just have that happen. But think of that card right now. You Those three title fights that you just said, I would immediately be all in on 300. Like, hell yeah. This card is is awesome. This card is, is the event of of the year. Like this it would be great. So just do have fun with it is really the key. It doesn't have to be whatever we're doing. Let's just have some fun with it and let's let Tom Aspinall kill somebody who doesn't deserve to be there. And that's fine. You know, and you, then we you do, lost you lost me when you said that ice cream. Yeah. What what would you say, Casey? Uh-huh. I was like, you lost me when you said have fun with it. Because this is actually a reoccurring theme. With you and you go back to the UFC, just have fun. And the UFC refuses to have fun. Refuses. The so, unfun championship. Yeah, yeah. The F in UFC is not for fun. Absolutely. Um but, uh, so, Dude, oh, yeah. really nailed, like, Derek Lewis is perfect. I'm looking at the <laughs> if, if, rankings right now. I'm like, so if they built if they did this, if yeah, they I, had this if they did three title fights and they did Mazadal Askren, let's just say they did Mazadal Askren too. Oh my God. Talk about an would, event. Would Mazadal, what fight would go on first? Leon oh. Edwards, Bilal Muhammad, or Mazadal <laughs> Askren? Because I if think- we look at 200, Aldo Edgar was the second fight on the main card, and then there were two non title fights before the main event. 
No, I was about to say exactly that. I think Edwards Muhammad goes second. I think they have the intro to pay-per-view card fight, whatever whatever fight they choose to use that as the leverage banger. Um, and then you do, here's your leafy vegetables, and then you go, here's more dessert with Maslow Askren too, and then here's just a pipeline of candy is what the end of that card is. So I think that would be second second from the top. I think you do, or second uh, from the bottom. I think you have the intro fight, and then you'd go right into the title fight. This is fun. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of know that. It would be a really good card, boys. It would be a really good fight card. It would feel 300. It would feel like 300. It would feel like 300. It would be so sick. Who would accept a fight with Brock after what happened at 200? Derek Lewis. I mean, I think a lot of people would accept a fight with Brock. Of course they would. Um, Derek Lewis would absolutely accept a fight with Brock, but like – that was my whole thing. And I said this at the time because I'd like just started working for us basically at that time. And I said, I was like, I don't really understand what Mark Hunt's issue is. Everyone knew what was happening. And like Mark Hunt himself said it. And then he got like real up in his feels and cost himself a ton of money and time and energy over the ensuing eight years or whatever in, in his lawsuits. But like, Mark, he was Brock wasn't hiding it. Like no one was hiding it. Yes, there was. They sold the lie of no, he's not doing anything. We all know this. But Mark Hunt himself was like, I don't care how many steroids he takes, I'm still gonna knock him out. Everyone knows the score. You just just be okay with it <laughs> because there's no reason not to. I'll fight Brock Lesnar. Pay me a bunch of money. I'll fight him. I don't care what he's on. Who gives a <laughs> shit? The, as long as the check clears, baby, that's what matters. All right. I'm sure every heavyweight would take that fight now. Yeah. Dude, Tom the- Aspinall, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Brock DC, just bring it back. Bring it back. I, I do like the Brock DC thing. Brock I, DC? I, I, Ooh, that's now that's fun. That 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 would be true super that's fun. That super that's pulling fun. something out of the hat right there. If that would be yeah. that would be, be saucy. Yeah, it'd be funny seeing DC without a shirt on again. <laughs> DC just. I want to see DC get now when he has not really had to be like focused at all. Yeah. It'd be great. The visuals of him standing across from Brock at this stage of their lives. Oh that. my god, that'll sell a million pay per views just just with that. Take my money. Will the Zufa lawsuit affect UFC 300? Seeing the next hearing is set for April. No. Doubtful. No. Doubtful. Yeah. It nope. just wouldn't affect it at all. Yeah. No. Uh, I would also strongly imagine that that hearing will not go down in April, but we'll see. Yeah. Zufa's going to kick that can as far down the road for as long as possible. Hell yeah, Jed. I agree with the card place to get the legit but boring fight out of the way and fill it up with junk food to end the night. It's, it's true, though. I think there maybe actually, as I started talking about it, they might just go Tom Aspinall and the trash heavyweight fight first, um, just because you know that that's going to move quickly and you can buy, build some extra time in. Um, but yeah, you should definitely get the leafy greens out of the way as early as possible. 
Isn't it weird, though, that we're all interested in Brock again when his last fight was just an incredibly boring 15 minutes? It was so bad. <laughs> it was a it's, horrible it's fight. It's the imagination of what could yeah. be, Casey, not of what it, is or was. That, that's what that, 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 I think of Leon Bilal. Like, we're imagining it so much worse than what it would actually be. It would, it would probably no, be a no, fun no. competitive I think, fight. I think no. we've imagined it exactly as nah, it would be. I, I, lies, lies. I still believe. Man, Leon Edwards was – okay, yeah. I, Pre I've watched Leon Edwards fight for a long time. He has never been interesting, except for one head kick against Kamar Usman. That was deeply interesting and still, honestly, maybe a thing oh, no. that we look back on as one of the most ridiculous aberrations in the history of the sport for him to pull that out in that moment. Incredible. Like, all credit to him, but that's just not to type in the slightest for how he competes. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are the chances McGregor fights in June? Like, do we actually believe it? Pretty I good. I believe it. I believe it. 185, I don't really believe. But no, I do I think that's I think that's obviously a lie. Yeah. I do think I, I I'm optimistic that we will see this fight in June. Same. Okay. Unless someone gets hurt, which would be really bad. Yeah, no, I I think it's gonna happen. He's at some point, you can't cry wolf anymore. You've just, just got to get in there and do it. I think Connor is going to finally fight again. Uh, uh, I think we know the answer to this, but but why not? No. But is there a why? We kind of should be. Yeah, just, have, just he's willing to take the should. risk. Yeah, I agree. They're willing to take the risk to get two big buys. Which the thing is, I think that there's also a world where they could still have done that with Connor of, hey, we're going to have you at 300 and then let's get you turned around for, for International Fight Week. Because if I think while he's like in a mindset to want to fight, you just need to try and hammer him out as many times as you can. If there's no way to go back to having hundreds of millions of dollars and not caring about fighting. Yeah. If they're, yeah, they're, if they're fighting without a weight cut, like say they are actually fighting at 85 or whatever, then. That is a possibility, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, the, the fact that the chant that Connor is not in three hundred kind of tells me what Jed's been trying to say that three hundred is just isn't it the same. It, we're maybe we care more about three hundred than the UFC does. Yep, I think. I mean, just go back it, to every. It would just time be Dana so easy asked. to put him here. Just go back to every time Dana was asked about three hundred last year. Oh, I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm worried about the Apex next Saturday. He, with he, the, he turned into Bill be Belichick. He turned into Bill Belichick. Anytime you ask him about UFC 300, oh, we're focused on this week, next week, the Apex. You should maybe be focused on things like 300 a little bit in advance. <laughs> uh, 
also, there's still a chance that they could say screw it and put Connor there. I know that that is not likely, and Connor has said it, but Connor still wants to do it. Michael Chandler has zero agency in this. He is going to accept the fight if they booked it for tomorrow because he has to. So there is still a chance that the UFC comes up with air on everything else and just says, YOLO, Connor, Michael, you guys want to do this? All right, let's go. I think that we're not giving that enough credence as a as a viable possibility, but I do think it is still possible. All right. Um, uh, is the issue that the UFC loses money when Connor fights? He seems very interested in going to. Is there I'm more sure to this? I'm gonna just go ahead and just let you in talk a little secret. Part. They don't lose money when Connor fights. They make an exorbitant sum of money every time Connor fights. It's just That's finding, it. it's just the UFC deciding how much money they want to not make, <laughs> how much money they want to give to, give to uh, Connor. They, yeah. they, they, the will idea, not, they don't lose money when anybody fights. The idea is that they can make more money by having Connor fight outside of 300, which they already view as very profitable. So they don't want to double stack because the idea is that there will be diminishing returns to double stacking their biggest entities on the same card. There's probably some reason to that, but yeah, they don't lose money when Connor fights. They make so much money when Connor fights. Is that international fight week? Is that 301, 302? What is it? Do we know? International fight week? Uh, no, it can't be. It's, it's 303 or 304. Okay. Cause it'll be what? Cause it's May will be 301. June will be 302, so 303, I guess. Or I guess maybe it's 302. Unless they do two in, unless they do two in June. Unless they, they're probably going to do two because it's at the end of June. And so it'll probably be June, early June will be 302 and then 303 for IFW. Okay. What was what was UFC 101? UFC oh, 1? Oh, was that BJ Penn? I want to say, I'm not Is looking at it, but I want to say BJ no, Fall. That was BJ Penn. Oh, you're right. BJ Penn versus Kenny Hell Florian. yeah. Oh, okay. I, got, wow. I just got my Jose Youngs on yeah, right there. Yeah, that was there, Jose Youngs right there. <laughs> so also, I just remember it because BJ is one of my favorite fighters ever. Yeah. And he, like, you remember, you remember the numbers, yeah. Yeah, so I, I do remember like instances like that. But um, yeah, um, if what Brandon's saying, I just got a message from Shaheen. If what Brandon's saying is, uh, they don't want to put Connor on an event with another champion, and thus that other champion is getting pay-per-view percentages. That let's be real, Leon Edwards ain't bringing in a single individual to watch this card that isn't tuning in for Connor. So they just don't want to give Leon or etc. that bump. Maybe there could be some some to that um, that they would just be paying out more money than they have to. I could buy that also. Okay, uh, but also. They don't have to put another champion on this card. If you do UFC 300 with Connor versus Michael Chandler, you don't have to give anybody else a pay-per-view bump. Leon can get shoved to 301 because this event will, with one fight, not matter. Like it will not, will no longer have the conversations of, is this as spectacular as it should be? Like, nope, they put Connor back on. We're good. They may not be going to the UK till later on in the year, too. Mm-hmm. Usually they go in like March or July or both, but I I just assume that they're gonna go to the UK like in the f- early fall, and then that's when you do Leon and Tom are on that card. But you can put Leon and Tom on this card. 
junk. You just got to plan your UK out. But also, this is the same promotion that had like all their Australian fighters fight like five weeks before they went to UFC Australia. So maybe they're planning to go to London in like the first week of May. I don't know. <laughs> Would not shock me if they did something that dumb at this point because they're doing it a lot these days. <laughs> Who will Jim Miller fight? He's confirmed to be on the card. I still think it's, I think Dustin Poirier is, has the inside track, honestly, for who Jim Miller will fight just because I think Dustin would take that fight. It's a fight the fans would enjoy, it's a fight that would be quite fun. It makes a lot of sense to me. But you just give him any other name, maybe not as highly ranked as Dustin, you know, like that, but in that sort of sphere of a dude who's just been around the block for a whole hell of a long time and watch him scrap with each other, you know? Joe Lozon. Thought about Lo like Lozon would be fine. What is the UFC going to do with Tony Ferguson? Because Tony, Tony, Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, Tony Ferguson would be a terrific fight for Jim Miller. Yep, I like yeah. that idea too. Yeah, I, 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 keep, I keep going back to that one because it seems like a perfect double retirement fight. If you know, if Tony's going to retire, as, as Jim, I, I think as, that's a great idea, Casey. Yeah, as Jim Miller talked about retirement, I know he's kind of made this a goal, but he, he has. Oh, he said, wants to keep going. He wants, he, to keep he wants to keep going. All right, cool, good for him. How about Tony Ferguson versus Nick Diaz at three hundred, at one seventy? I don't need to see either of those men fight ever again. But I'm pretty comfortable if they never fought again. I don't we don't need Nick, to be bringing I don't Nick, Nick back. Fight. I think Nick's on. A, I, I think, think Tony. Worse I think Tony, Tony were forced to watch. Like he's just going to keep doing it. I think if we just collectively ignore Nick, he probably will stay gone. I don't know if that's true. I I I'm just going to operate like it is because I don't want to speak <laughs> it into existence. <laughs> I will not be manifesting any Nick Diaz fights for 2024. Thank you very much. God, they're going to make Tony fight Benoit Santini, aren't they? Oh, they're don't say do that. that. Don't say that. I don't, don't think they that. can even sell that at this point. Yeah, please. Please don't do that. When, when Dana says, I think he should retire or whatever, I don't think you can then have him fight like one of the most yeah. violent dudes currently competing. Yeah. Here's the most violent prospect in the world. Enjoy, Tony. Uh, Here's uh, the spiritual successor to Justin Gaethje. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Okay. Good God. <laughs> we ever seen a wood chipper in human form? <laughs> now you're going to fight him. Okay. Remember that, remember that scene at the end of Fargo where we're going to put that in the UFC octagon? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ronda versus Tater home for the 145 belt is the right co-main event. Your thoughts? Well, it's not going to be for the 145 belt. It's the worst belt. idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, so you're on to something in general. I Again, I said at the top of this, I thought there was a real chance they bring back, they try and bring back Ronda for this. Um, and maybe you do, you know, Ronda Tate or Ronda home. Like, because those are big entities. It's a big fight. Bring that back. Seems unlikely. You definitely don't do it for the 45 belt because, one, that's not a real belt. Um, and we don't need to pretend or do it. And that fight doesn't need a belt to be – like that's the most transparent 
uh, fake belt that's ever existed if they were to do it, and they don't need to. It's Ronda Rousey. That's all you need to to make it something like this. Um, I think the fight in general, Ronda versus Tate or home, would be a good add-on as the Mark Hunt Spice you know, featured yeah. belt, uh, just not for a title. Yeah, agree. Or make a fake title. Have fun. It can be the women's legend belt. Or what like I don't give a shit. You do that. Yeah. I love who do you who do you like more though, if you had an option, take or home in the rematch. Um, I think the Misha Tate fight would be more interesting. I think Holly probably just beats Ronda. And again, no disrespect. I mean, it's going to be disrespectful, but I mean it in the nicest way I can disrespect somebody. Holly Holm is a legend. She is like the only human being alive who is going to be inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame and the Boxing Hall of Fame. She's accomplished a great deal. She has not been a joy to watch fight for almost her entire career, and certainly the last five years have been real tough hangs. Uh, So I just don't. Ronda versus Holly. Like, I think Ronda versus Holly is the bigger fight that more people would be drawn to because of how significant the first one was. Mm-hmm. If I'm just going from what would I rather watch, I would rather watch Ronda fight Misha because I think that's a more compelling matchup, if that makes sense. All right. Fair enough. But I, do, I think Ronda Holly would be the much more likely thing um, in, in that instance. But we also forget we can't use Holly because. This is a critical, critical thing, ladies and gentlemen. We have, uh, I think UFC Vegas, whatever, 100 is coming up this year. And Holly Holm has to main event UFC Apex 100. (laughs) She is just, like, I think that's where you do Holly versus Misha headlining UFC Apex 100. I'm seeing lots of, in the comments, I'm seeing lots of Ronda hate and stuff. Have fans forgotten, or is everyone just so new? Or I don't know. Like, do I they do they understand what a what a cultural phenomena phenomenon no. that Ronda was? No chance. No chance. A bulk of the fans do. Okay. Because fan, fandom and everything like, is so like, what? quick. That's yeah. Ronda Rousey is at worst the third biggest star this sport has ever produced, and I mean, if Probably you're going by two. produced, I think she's if you're two, going by yeah, produced, she's yeah, number worst. two. Yeah. And for a long time, and people will not believe this, but it is absolutely true, Ronda was a bigger star than Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor with Floyd broke through in a way that was undeniable. But prior to Floyd, everyone knew Ronda Rousey. My mom, like the invention of the mom test is Ronda Rousey. My siblings Mm -hmm. and people, they just knew who Ronda Rousey was because of how she was so dominant for such a stretch and the way she collapsed, like at the end of her career rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and then vanished. And to my understanding, her professional wrestling career started real well, but then like everyone started to hate on her. And I think her image just sort of really got dragged through it. Um, And so people don't recognize that like, this was the biggest star in the history of the sport at the time that like for, for a period of time, this is, she is single handedly. And I, this is not hyperbolic at all. She is single handedly responsible for there being women's fighting in the UFC today. Without her, the Dana White and the UFC very likely still would not have women competing under their, Ooh, that's their a, banner. That's a very strong possibility. 
There was still be, I, absolutely I, there was still be no Dana women for in the UFC years, for years was like, no, we will never do this. And there was the whole Chris Cyborg stuff. And we're talking about Chris Cyborg, one of the biggest female stars in the history of the sport, a woman who can carry a promotional banner in that way. And the UFC was like, we're good. Don't need it. Don't want it. Ronda single-handedly, the UFC could not deny that this is marketable. This is something they can make money with. And they brought women's MMA into the UFC. think it's very possible that – to this day, we would still not have that if she did not exist. Yeah. She is – when we did her damn, she is undeniably to me a Mount Rushmore of fighters in this yes. sport. Thank you. And it it just is like you – so many people don't respect her. And I get it. Like her game was pretty limited, et cetera, et cetera. But like it's not like Hoyce Gracie had a whole lot going on beyond the one thing. But she is more meaningful to this sport than everybody that's not named – Conor McGregor, Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock, Dana White. There is not a, there are no people that are more meaningful to MMA than that four right there. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And I think, and I think a lot of the negative comments are, are good enough reason for her to do it because I think people just have the bad taste in their mouths about how she sort of handled herself after the home loss, how she handled herself awful. for the Nunez fight, did no media, was, almost like too good for it altogether and then went out there and just got run over and then vanished and didn't really say anything. She goes in there, fights Tater home and just goes through the motions and like has a smile on her face, treats it with respect, does it seriously, goes out there, fights her ass off, cuts a good promo at the end. Hey, I had to do this one more time. Had to prove to my, to my children that, Hey, even when they're down, you can never say never. You can always come back and change your legacy. All of those things, like I think the end of Ronda's career just looks a lot different than it does now. It's more about not her star power and her fighting skill as opposed to what it is her attitude sucked and she thought she was too big for the sport. And her legacy was tarnished because of how she handled herself from a personality perspective. If she comes back and does one more and does it right, even if she goes out there and gets dusted up by somebody, who cares? As long as she puts her opponent over and says, this is a great experience. I needed to do this one more time. I think it's okay. So, I, yeah, it's I'm trying to, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm trying to peace out. I'm trying to understand the difference how fans feel about Brock coming back versus Ronda coming back because Brock got popped bad for several weeks, had a horrible fight before he left left a sport and like, but why do we want Brock back so much, but not Ronda? I'm talking about the general fan base. I'm not talking about us. It's uh, I think that's, there's a lot of answers that I'm not entirely sure what would be the thing. <laughs> like what would, what would be the trigger there? Um, other than, I mean, one, I mean, include to get both our way past our athletic primes, at least in fighting. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to get too into this, but um, one even if you have never seen fist fighting before, Brock Lesnar is the type of physique that your imagination assumes can do something. Ronda was a great fighter in her day and very athletic. You don't look at Ronda Rouse and be like, that woman is going to absolutely murder anyone that faces them. There is an imagination with Brock just because of his physicality that invites us to want him back and to welcome more. I would also say that there is probably a real part of this that um you know is gender-based and also like not absolutely correctly like 
Brock is a more, and this is saying something because it's Brock. Rhonda does not have a personality that invites you to like her when she is losing. <laughs> Brock, <laughs> Brock is better about like Brock was never kind of shitty in defeat. Like, you know, the way Rhonda was so shitty in defeat and that really sours. Like it's the thing with Colby that we talked about after 296, right? Like, and the thing, the difference between Colby and Chael, there are many, but the most stark one was evident there. We as people are okay with you being an asshole if you're a victor, but when you lose, you have to accept humility. Like that is part of the social contract. You have to be like, hey, it's a better man. You know, I'll come back, et cetera. You can't just kind of double and triple down on being an asshole. And Rhonda did that in a different way that is more antithetical to how like we want to view sports of just taking her ball and literally going home. So uh, Mike, I think you're absolutely correct. I think like this would be a terrific opportunity for her. I don't know her. I haven't really interacted with her ever. And I just, but like she also did this when she was in her mid twenties I'm still not like an adult, but I was really shitty at that age and I wasn't the best fighter in the world. So I can imagine that like over the ensuing years of having a family and kind of getting kicked in the mouth by life a little bit more, you might be a more humble person and maybe maybe be able to reflect on this and be like, hey, I didn't handle the Holly thing all that well or Amanda, but I'm in a better spot now kind of emotionally and I, this can be a part of my life instead of it was such a severe break off of I'm just out of that world now because it was bad and I didn't like it. Maybe now it can be more inviting. I think the sport would welcome her back with open arms if she came back in that manner to be like, hey, I'm now the old, you know, the old head. I used to do this. I'm coming back. I, I just want to be around the sport a little bit more. Um, you know, hey, I can go see what Kayla's doing. You know, we're obviously – used to know each other and I, I think that there is a space for her in this sport in that way and 300 would be an ideal like launching pad for that if it's something she wanted to do i just don't know if it, she does yeah yeah brock also oh. knew how to be a star too Rhonda didn't Rhonda just got became this massive star and you're just like oh shit brock was already starting wwe then tried the nfl mm -hmm. thing out and then went to mma already knew how to be a star knew that the ufc was and I know people hate to hear this, but it's a hundred percent true. The roots of the UFC are in WWE. Awesome. Like it just is. And Brock knew how to maneuver in that world and knew how to put himself over in this world. And then he knew how to use both organizations, WWE and UFC to work against one another, to get bigger contracts for himself. Like Brock is so good at this game. It's unbelievable. And Brock brings an aura about him where he is the Manny Ramirez of, of MMA. The man can't do any wrong. We knew he was on all the gas. We knew it. Everybody knew it. Mark Hunt knew it. Everybody knew it. And then it's just like, eh, just who, like shit? who cares? It's nah, Brock. It's just Brock being Brock. He's a Brock silly being goose. Brock, baby. Yeah, it's just Brock being Brock. He's a silly goose. He's, why is Brock going in the cage and pushing Daniel Cormier? We know he's not going to fight him. Well, let's just get him in the cage. Just Brock negotiating so he can get more money on his next WWE contract. But people ate it up. Oh, it's just Brock being the silly goose again. It's just the aura he brings to the table. So Ronda just didn't really know how to be a star. Brock just – Brock is a star, but he still knows how to do it where he could still be to himself and still find peace within it. It's interesting. Brock, Brock 
has managed his career as brilliantly as just about any athlete in history has of 100% of maximizing success while also maximizing his own personal interests outside of that spec. It's it is truly remarkable. And like I'm not we don't need to hold Ronda to that standard. I'm just like Ronda if somehow you see this the sport would love to have you back and you're going to have to take it for a minute. Like it's you won't get to come back totally clean. But like it would just be cooler if Ronda Rousey was kind of at UFC events every once in a while. And just, ah, there's there's the Hall of Famer Ronda Rousey, and they could bring her involved in this sport in one way or another. And if the answer to that is let's have her fight Misha Tate again at UFC 300, like that would be cool. Like that would be a moment that is cool. So I, I would hope that would happen. I just – it seems unlikely. I was trying to talk myself into this at the end of last year, and everything I'm hearing is that it's very not live. So, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, R- yeah. Rhonda's. I know people very close to Rhonda. She's very happy with being a mom, hanging out with Travis Brown, and having her little farm wherever she lives outside. God, that God, you know, it'd be so funny if they, they like at a re, at 299 or something they're like we have this big announcement for UFC 300 and they bring Ronda out and everyone's like holy shit and then she grabs the mic and introduces Travis Brown for one more fight <laughs> that would be pretty bangers oh it'd be so incredible you Travis still Brown versus it. Tom You're Aspinall <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's how you bring it back full circle oh, boys and girls. incredible oh, UFC 300 rules Travis is still I training. I, I, saw, I, saw him, I saw him at the gym a couple weeks ago. Yeah, rolling around some heavyweights. Hey, yeah. there we go. There we go. He didn't look like he was training go, for a baby. fight. Looked like he was just kind of having fun. But The yeah. swerve. Oh, it'd be incredible. <laughs> uh, Do you have anything else? Uh, one last thing. Not about 300. Uh, what is MVP star power potential if he beats Kevin Holland? They're, they're, I don't know how you guys feel, but I don't think he gets a title shot right away, but he probably gets one more fight and then gets title shot if he beats Kevin Holland. They're not going to mess around with him. If he beats Kevin Holland, they're pushing him to the moon. At least that's what I think. Uh, I think if he beats Kevin Holland, they should give him a title fight because I don't know that he can earn one. Like I, I am, I have never understood to what level Michael Venom Page could be a star. He obviously galvanizes interest in some real ways, but it's really hard to judge how how big anyone can be in Bellator, frankly. And uh, you know my views on Michael Chandler; he's not very good. <laughs> that being said, Michael Chandler is vastly superior fist fighter to Michael Venom Page. Really? Um, and. Granted, he competes in a hard, more difficult division, but welterweight's still not easy to make hay in. And MVP, if if they make him, if he beats Kevin Holland, which I am supremely not certain he can do, but if he does pull it off, I think he could beat many of the top welterweights. But I also am not sure that he would beat any of them. So, because he had mid fights with some people who are good, but limited. Like he's, 
his stardom has definitely exceeded his ability as far as I am concerned, but I don't know how much so. And I think it's just safer to be like, hey, let's just fire him right into like they didn't mess around. Michael Chandler came in, he nuked Dan Hooker, and he got a title fight. Was it dumb? Yes, it was exceedingly stupid that he got a title fight, but the UFC got what they wanted with it. Just do that with MVP. If he comes in and he beats Kevin Holland, certainly if he beats him impressively, you know, with a jump knee or whatever, just put him in. Who cares? Like, just he can fight the winner of the inevitable Shavkat Leon slash Bilal fight, you know, at the end of the summer. And MVP can just be sitting cage side and he's got next for the winner of that. That's how I would book him. I think the UFC has a real chance to do that, but I also wouldn't be stunned if they like, hey, fight Sean Brady after you beat Kevin Holland. Yeah, that's the the announcement of MVP is still mind boggling to me. It really is. We're just going to show up to the press conference. Hey, I got some fights for you. Like, did he? Michael Page versus Kevin Holland. Didn't say, hey, we just signed MVP. Just went right into announcing the fight. And everyone's like, what? Wait, 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 hold on a second. I don't know. Do they care? Do they care? I don't know. I mean, they, they should. Got He's potentially a star, so they should at least treat him as such until he loses to somebody bad. But Yeah. I got to tell you, Michael Venom Page had a tremendous 2023. This guy knocked it out of the park. Every decision he made was a good one. It was great. And going on the MMA Hour to announce a surprising free agency when even his promotion, his whole promoter didn't know he was a free agent. And then just everything that happened, showing up to the PFL event and having the face-to-face with Cedric Dumbay was fucking brilliant. All of it was great. And then he gets signed to the UFC a week later. I mean, there was no fanfare for his signing. Dana just under the radar announces that he's fighting Kevin Holland, probably because of that terrible main event that we got at UFC 296. But yeah, pretty damn good year for MVP. I'm sure they paid him pretty well too. Seems very likely. Man, what is it with Bellator and fighters named Michael and they just aren't very good? This is tough. (laughs) This is tough. Uh, tough okay you know who had the best 2023 michael chandler because he just didn't fight and it was awesome i had so much fun watching him not fight <laughs> it, was a, it was really really enjoyable just be like it's watching it's him it's just flail around begging connor for a fist fight are you fight me awesome. please <laughs> anyway please i love i loved like Connor's clearly just so toying with him with the announcement. Like you kind of alluded to this, the 185 thing is just, I don't think any of us really think it's going to happen, but that's really just Connor's being like, I set the terms. And when I say jump, you say how high, and there's not really a good answer for Michael Chandler, but he does come out immediately. He's like, okay, I'll do it at 185. Like, we know you will, buddy. We know you'll do it. (laughs) Under any circumstances, that Connor will accept the fight with you. I want Connor. If Connor say, was like, "I'm yeah. gonna make you tie one hand behind yeah. your back," you're you still to, gonna you take get, the fight. You have to drink a gallon of milk between each round. Yeah. Go. <laughs> it's just so eat a whole pizza in a fight. I am not too proud to say that I would be doing any different, but watching this man debase himself for a year on the hope of getting this payday is so like, it's so dramatically real to me. It's like, I will do anything you ask, man. Just give me the paycheck. But Connor pushed him in the, in the tough cage. Yeah, so Connor, Connor, just like him or not, 
The way he's handled this has been friggin' brilliant. All of it. He's killing so 185 it. 185 and a video he put together of like a training camp is on. It's like Chandler doing the med ball slams and Connor's like chugging proper 12 and then Chandler oh. doing another workout. And it's just incredible. It's all incredible. It's so good. If I were Connor, I would just spend the next six months just needling Michael Chandler in this way because it's it's sad. Like it's honestly a little again, not saying I'm too proud to do it. I totally get it. I'd probably be doing the same thing because it's a big that's a lot of zeros coming down the pipeline for you, Mike, but is it's a hard watch at points in time. <laughs> Look, we've we've accomplished a lot on this episode. This is what UFC through 300 should look like. Let's let's put this all together one last time. We move Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera to the main event of UFC 300, the co-main event for the interim heavyweight title, Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis. Then we do Jorge Mazadal versus Ben Askren 2. Then we do Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad for the welterweight title in the second main card fight. And then the opener, it's still wide open. Uh, Ronda Rousey no, I- versus... Holly Ronda, Holm or Ronda Misha. Let's Ronda go. Misha three I mean, that's, uh, opens the That's main the card. best card that's ever been put together as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and the prelims look – we get Bo Nickel in the prelims. We get Aljamain Sterling, Calvin Cater on the prelims. We get Yuri Perhashka, Alexander Rakic on the prelims. And there's more to come. Dana, Dana said he's announcing more fights on Tuesday. So there you go. 300. It's coming together. You're welcome, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, and Dana White. You're welcome. Nick Khan. You can always You're drop welcome. me an email. Just, just send Ari me an email Manuel. anytime you need creative ideas. I'll get back to you, boys. Yeah, and that's what the, and, and that's what the promotional that's what the promotional judging is all about. That's what the promotional uh, festivus is all about. We're trying to help you guys out. Gamebred bare knuckle. We told you BECW, two thousand seat arenas, and then they go and book the Amway Center in Orlando. And I'm just like, well. They didn't listen to the promotional festivus. So uh, hit the music. We've done we've done our thing today. Next week, we'll actually have, ladies and gentlemen, some things to react to. Probably more UFC 300 fights. We have a UFC Vegas event to get ready for, headlined by Magomed Ankaliyev versus Johnny Walker 2. And that will be nine days away from the first pay-per-view of 2024, UFC 297, headlined by Sean Strickland. Yeah. Versus Drickus Duplessis awful. for the middleweight title. And Meyer Buenasova versus Raquel Pennington for the women's bantamweight title. Enjoy this time off, everybody, because next week we're back at it. Casey, I am Mike Jack, the Iconic Boy 6 from Good night, everybody. Love y'all. This has been Between the Links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 